Meg. Awesome. It's so awesome to be together this morning. As Meg and Klaus mentioned, my name is Kelly, and I am married to Jono in the front here. And we have a beautiful little girl. Her name is Mackenzie. She is the one, I think, making the noise at the back there <laughs> always. <laughs> Normally it's her, but yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm super privileged to get to spend my week um, working and serving the church. So I do some admin, and um, my husband and I lead Frequency, which is our high school ministry. You guys are in the front here. <laughs> no noise? No noise. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, and we also lead a, a life group that has got a bunch of young adults in it, and we have been, there we go, getting away. <laughs> it's been such an awesome seven months with you guys here in Seaburg. Um, yeah, and so I'm super excited to be here. Um, yeah, so we lead Frequency together, and a question we normally ask the high schoolers when we're trying to get to know each other, I think we ask this one a lot at the beginning of the year, is tell us something about you that we wouldn't know by looking at you. So you guys ready for mine? Are you ready for it? Okay. If I didn't say hill, kiss, or fish, I had to put it on a little bit more, but <laughs> you wouldn't know that I didn't grow up in Cape Town. I grew up in, I've been here for seven years, so I get to call myself Cape Townian now, but I grew up in a small little town that's famous for its waterfall in KwaZulu-Natal named Howick. And yeah, and since we're on the topic of my childhood, I thought I would just share with you guys a little story from my childhood. So I cry a lot, a lot more than most people. Um, <laughs> yes, my family is at the back and they're laughing their heads off when I say that. Um, but there's one particular moment that I can remember, and I don't know if it's because I was so traumatized or if I've just heard the story being told so many times, but there was one moment from my childhood that I can remember crying, and that was when my parents sent me to grade one. <laughs> so I'm the third of five kids, so you can imagine by the time my parents got to sending me to grade one, they'd had two practice rounds, it was gonna be a breeze, or so they thought, and um, my mom takes me to school the first day, and she drops me off, and I just burst into tears. I did not want to be at school. Day two comes, she takes me to school, and I burst into tears again. I'm told this carried on for an entire term, but <laughs> um, the third day I can remember particularly, I can still see my mom standing in front of me, and she drops me off at school and she says to me, I signed you up for speech and drama, and my face must have just gone, because I realized I had to stay at school for two hours longer that day. <laughs> and so today I'm super grateful that my mom dropped me off and sent me to speech and drama that day because at least I have some skills to talk to people. <laughs> Although I may be nervous, I have, yeah. And in case you were wondering, no, I didn't cry before church this morning. <laughs> if you weren't with us last week, Don started us on a three-week series um, in, through, while we're in our James series still, um, where we're talking about wisdom for community life and how to deal with conflict. Your big word, hey, conflict. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> but if you weren't with us, I want to encourage you to um, head to our website. My mouth is already dry from talking. To head onto our website, um, Don's message is on there. And then also join us next week for the last week of this little three-week series so that you can get the full picture of what we... Um, what we've been talking about. And so I'll just give you one little like highlight from Don's message. And he's, he left us with one like big like piece of wisdom. And I don't know if you can remember it. If this was frequency, I'd be like, who remembers it? But some of us probably don't. But it's that our outward conflict comes from our inner wayward hearts. So if you didn't hear it, head online after this and, or sometime this week and listen to the podcast on YouTube. I'm just gonna take a sip. 
<laughs> okay. This morning, I'm going to be sharing with us from James 4, verses 7 to 10. So if you have your Bibles on you, it looks like only some of Frequency has their Bibles here today. Mm, guys, <laughs> open your Bibles from, to James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. And we're going to be looking at how the truly wise humble themselves before God in the midst of strife. But before I do that, can I pray for us? Awesome. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word speaks to us. It encourages us. It humbles us. And I pray that as we um, read it together today, that you would um, speak to us, that you would humble us to receive your wisdom, and you would um, encourage us. pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, before I read, I'm just giving you some time to find it in your Bibles. <laughs> before I read, the question I've heard the most times, I think, when I ask a high schooler how their week was, is, or, or maybe if I can pray for them for something, it's this. Oh, Kelly, I had a fight with my friend this week, yeah? Or, <laughs> oh man, I just keep butting heads with my parents. Oh, the parents are going, mm. <laughs> Let's be real, right? Relationships are tricky. If it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, a relationship with someone in our life group, um, a family relationship, or even a work relationship, we ultimately always end up dealing with conflict. In life group last week, there was a question, and I can remember it because our life group was sitting there like, oh, I don't really want to share, but <laughs> it, we, we asked, are you good or are you bad with dealing with conflict? And this led me to think, why do we struggle with conflict? Why do you struggle with conflict? Why do I struggle with conflict? Maybe for you it's because of a past hurt. Or maybe you're scared to lose the good reputation you have at work, so you just avoid it. You see, no matter what your struggle is with conflict or where you're struggling with it, these verses today are going to encourage us to move towards God with it so that we can look at ourselves and grow in the way that we deal with conflict. So let's read together. James 4, 7 to 10. Let me hold my Bible up so I can actually see. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Let's start at the beginning. Submit yourselves then to God. How's that for an opening line? Submit yourself to God. Imagine a world where everything we did started with this, submitting ourselves to God. I kind of felt like I could just end my message right here, right? Five minutes, done, dusted, <laughs> you know? Um, but the reason I thought this is because when we submit ourselves to God, everything else in the world should pale in comparison. The conflict that we're dealing with shouldn't matter because we wanna see God lifted up, we wanna see God glorified in our situations. But don't worry. I'm not gonna end it there because you see, James wrote these verses because, because he wants us to realize that our conflict is a matter of our hearts and where we stand with God. And so, yeah, and another reason I won't end it there <laughs> is because we don't live in a perfect world, right? And we don't live in a world where even sometimes our first reaction is to submit ourselves to God when we get into a conflict situation. So let's, um, let's look at this. How do we submit ourselves to God? These verses give us three slices of black wisdom that we can follow along with. And then I'm gonna wrap up at the end with one like little thought. So that's just where we're headed today. So let's read verse seven again. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
these verses call us to actively, consciously resist the devil and resist the temptations he has on our conflict situations and to see us sin. It calls us to resist him. So I went and Googled resist because I like to know what words mean. And so I Googled it and it said, withstand the action or effect of. We need to withstand the action or effect that the devil wants to have on our relationships. So what does this look like for us? This means us maybe deliberately not doing some things, deliberately not saying something that we know is going to hurt the person that we're in conflict with, deliberately not aggravating our fellow brothers and sisters, and maybe for you, it means not thinking the worst of someone in the situation or not second-guessing their motives. For some of us, it might even be being aware of our language or the way we say what we're feeling or thinking when we're in the situation. It means being aware of what the devil wants you to do in that situation and turning around and doing the exact opposite. I love baking. Okay, I have, I have something to show you guys in my, in my baking jar. Okay, and my favorite thing, yeah, my favorite thing to bake is meringues. We're just going to leave this here. Okay. <laughs> my favorite thing to bake is meringues. Okay, and I didn't bake these. Jono did, actually, setting the bar high for some of the men in the room. But Jono baked these yesterday. <laughs> these are my favorite to bake, right? And I don't know how many of you have ever tried to bake meringues, but they are not easy. They're not easy. And here's the thing, though. Jono's family, his, the, like the aunties and the moms and the wives and their family, have this inherent ability to bake the best meringues you've ever had in your life. It's like, guys, dreamy. They're like perfectly crunchy. I mean, I think Jono managed to get it right. Should we see? They're like, oh, I'm sorry, Mel. They're like perfectly crunchy. Inside, they're a little bit chewy. It's amazing. And they have this like, I mean, if you can't see, they have this like perfect, like, color to them. I mean, doesn't everyone want to have a meringue right now? <laughs> okay, so you can imagine when a married John had some pretty big shoes to fill, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so I went to his mom and I was like, well, we're married, so I said, mom, like, can you please help me how to bake these meringues? And she said, she gave me one piece of advice. Do you guys want to know my advice? You want to know? I'm not spilling a family recipe. Don't get excited. Get those notebooks out there, Claude's. <laughs> um, she said to me, you need to wipe the, ah, sorry. You need to make sure that there's no fat in the meringues because the fat, they just doesn't work. So you have to like wipe your bowl out with vinegar. You have to make sure, I don't know if you've ever cracked an egg and seen that little like flick of white that's in it sometimes. Got to take that out. Got to make sure that you get no yolk, guys. No yolk in those meringues because otherwise if you do, they will flop. So that being said, let's imagine these verses that we've read together today to be something like a recipe. Ah, there we go. (laughs) And we're going to use this recipe to help us submit ourselves to God. Just like when I bake meringues, I have to remove all the fatty residue from the scene. When we submit ourselves to God, we need to remove the devil from the equation. Resist the devil. But did you notice, can I have the verse back? Thank you, Lauren. There's There's a comma, it says, resist the devil, comma, and he will flee from you. You see, this comma is super important because it's a promise from God. Resist the devil, comma, and he will flee from you. God promises us that when we resist the devil, he will turn, he will, sorry, God promises us 
that when we resist the devil in our conflict, he will relent, give up, and flee. Let's carry on reading from verse seven again. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. The second slice of wisdom I have for us today is come near to God. I don't know what coming near to God looks like for you, but I'm pretty sure you know what makes you feel like you've come near to God. Maybe it's a good walk on the beach that ends in a little spot where you read your Bible. Maybe it's a long drive listening to some worship music. Maybe it's just a good prayer session at home in the afternoon after work <laughs> and you, you just spend time in God and spend time in his presence. But this step is so important for us. Draw near to God. Come near to God. Put yourself into his presence. Put yourself under his word. Fill yourself up with the things of God. Fill yourself up, fill yourself up with his word. Pray for God to fill you with his presence. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Did you spot the promise again? There's a comma. God promises us that when we come near to him, he will come near to us. You see, if we use our analogy of the meringues, coming near to God can look something like filling the bowl with some good, tasty, not really healthy, but tasty ingredients. And so we need to fill ourselves, our lives up with God's word and his presence, just like we fill our meringue bowl with good ingredients. And you need to allow God to fill you with his presence and guide you with his word. The verse carries on, almost like James is trying to explain to us what coming near to God can look like. And if I had to describe or maybe summarize what I felt like James was trying to say to us, I would say he's calling us to repentance. The second bit of verse eight says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I wanna pull on two words in this verse for us. The first is hands and the second is hearts. When we come near to God, we're so often led to repentance, right? Because God is holy and we're so unworthy. But he leads us to repentance. And so James clearly shows us in these verses how to. He says we need to have both our hearts and our actions repented of. And I think this is so important when we're in conflict. We can say things or do things and we just, we just need to come to God with those things and say sorry for what we've done. And hang on, wait. <laughs> Isn't this what James has been getting at in the whole book of James? Our outward actions need to be reflective of that of a single-minded, God-focused, pure heart. The last slice of wisdom James leaves for us in verse nine is that we should mourn our sinful ways. It reads, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. So I'm gonna be honest, the first time I read this verse when I was prepping, I kind of read it all the way wrong and I was like, change your morning to laughter. And I was like, when I read it again the second time, I was like, oh no, I have this so wrong. So let's get this right. <laughs> Turn your laughter into mourning and your joy into gloom. There's this worship song and we're gonna sing it just now and the lyrics go, break my heart for what breaks yours. And this is what I kind of imagine James is saying to us. He's saying, turn to God, ask God to break our hearts and our conflict for what breaks his. We need to ask God to, to show us what we've done wrong, to show us our sinful ways and wrongdoings and be truly repentant of them. And it's, I feel like this is not just a little wishy-washy, like, I'm sorry, God, and you know, you carry on with your day. But it's a genuine, truly, God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me for X, Y, and Z. I'm sorry I didn't reflect your father heart to another Christ follower. I'm sorry that um, in this situation, right, please help me in this situation to display your love for this person better next time. 
We need to ask ourselves the hard questions here to be genuinely repentant. We need to ask things like, what do I need to be repenting of in this situation? What of my conduct is maybe grieving God? What do I need to receive grace for from Christ first? I'm gonna be honest here, I suck at this part. I loathe admitting I am wrong, even if it's just to myself. And I certainly do not enjoy the feeling of, oh man, I messed up again. And so I often have to kind of force myself to be real with myself first. I have to not lie to myself so that I can be honest and bring myself into this place of repentance with God. I guess what I'm just trying to say is <laughs> just be real with, God, with yourself and with God. And yeah, it's all just part of this recipe. Lastly, James calls us in verse 10 to humble ourselves before the Lord. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humility is the freedom from pride and arrogance. Isn't this so against every natural instinct in us? The world teaches us we need to fight, we need to win, we have to be the best all the time. And then James says to us, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Do you see the comma with the promise? And he will lift you up. When we humble ourselves, God steps in and gives us grace for our situations. He redeems it. I wonder if the band can come up so long. So what is our response after hearing this message today? Yes, I know it was short, everyone's going. (gasps) (laughs) What is our response after hearing this message today? Our response is to submit ourselves to God, to repent and mourn our sinfulness and to come near to Him. And one of the ways we get to do this is through communion. And I think two weeks ago at Frequency, I shared about communion, remember? And we chatted about how when we come to the communion table, there's a place to reflect and repent and to submit ourselves to God, just like these verses call us to. So I'm gonna hand over to the band just now, and um, we are going to play a song. And as they play, you can join me. You can join the rest of us in worship. But if you feel like God has been poking at something in your heart or maybe showing you something in a conflict situation that you need to take to him, I wanna encourage you to spend this time taking it to God, submitting yourself to God, coming near to God. And then you can join in afterwards if you want to. So we're gonna sing one song of worship. Megu's gonna come up and lead us into communion and then we'll, we'll end with another song. Is that good? Awesome. Okay, I'm gonna pray for us. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word guides us in every single day situations, that it speaks to us, that it encourages us. And I just pray that um, as we have read your word this morning, for those of us who have felt you poking at things in our lives or bringing stuff before you, yeah, that bringing stuff up in our hearts, that we would be able to submit it to you now that we would be able to come and repent for things that we've done, that we would be able to um, sit in your presence and um, yeah, just be with you. I pray this in your name, amen.